Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today, we're going to be looking at uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're just looking at the first four verses. And as we said, um, 1 Peter, you know, if you break it down a lot, um, we've been talking about uh, our faith uh, in Jesus allows us to be good, and then He calls us to grow up in our faith, to do good. And so he's been giving us um, uh, examples in chapter 3 about how this looks in our family, with our husbands and our wives, and then also with everyone we come in contact with. And then he gives us this ultimate example of, of being good as Jesus Christ. And so now we come to chapter 4, and uh, chapter 4 looks at this uh, back as another example of Christ because he's given us the example of of what Christ did and why he was here to bring to bring um us to God that's what Christ is there to do and that's what we're supposed to do that's why we're supposed to 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 be zealous as it says in uh, chapter 3 verse 13 be zealous to do what is good and what we're supposed to do uh, in uh, verses 8 and 9 of chapter 3 is we're supposed to have a unity of mind, a sympathy and brotherly love, um, a tender heart and a humble mind. He's telling us how to be good. And so we shouldn't repay evil for evil. But on the contrary, he says, bless. He just sums it up in one word, bless. So doing good for others is to bless, okay? For this you were called, this is chapter 3, verse 9, that you may obtain a blessing, okay? So in other words, we are called to do good, which is basically in a word, bless, just as Christ blessed. And that's what we hope. We put our, uh, our hope in Christ to do good, to be zealous to do good with the same kind of mind, sympathy, love, heart that Christ has, you know? So we're sitting here in a major pandemic with COVID virus 19. Many people are sick and ill, and many people are just afraid. Um, 
and many people are suffering from it. And many people are suffering from things other than COVID virus. You know, you could be suffering for, from financial problems or for physical hardships or from old age hardships or emotional hardships or, you know, relationship hardships. You know, you may be battling cancers or arthritis or all kind of things. And that's human suffering in this world. So we're kind of going back to where the whole chapter, the whole uh, letter of 1 Peter started because he's talking about suffering to begin with. And when we have various trials, remember back in in verse, um, I'm sorry, in chapter 1 and verse 6, he's talking about, in this you rejoice though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Just like in, in James chapter 1, various trials. So that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, can be tested. Okay? So, he's circling back, it looks like, in chapter in chapter uh, 4, because he's calling into this suffering again. Okay? So, we're going through trials, but now he's showing about doing good, and he's connecting doing good, and he's connecting this example to Jesus Christ. As Jesus Christ has been doing good, He now he's connecting, even during suffering, Christ was doing good. Okay? Even during various trials, Christ was doing good. And so he's going to point us to look in our own lives that even though we're going through various trials, and we're experiencing hardship. He's pointing us to look and appreciate the fact that in the same way, Jesus, right in the middle of all that, he continued to do good up until the point where he gave his own life for us. Okay, so let's, with that in perspective, let's look at chapter 4, these first four verses. Verse 1 in chapter 4 of 1 Peter is, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, okay, he's talking about now suffering, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Okay? Remember in chapter 3, he's telling us we have to have the same unity of mind and brotherly love and tender heart and a humble mind to do good. That's what we're called to do. So in the same way, when we are suffering, we want to have the same way of thinking that Christ had. Christ's purpose wasn't to react to whatever trial was in front of him. His purpose wasn't to get mad at something coming at him or to be depressed or anxious. His purpose was to do good, to bring others to God. He wasn't thinking about himself at all. He was thinking about his purpose. And that was God's purpose. So Christ suffered in the flesh, just like we may suffer in the flesh. We have to arm yourselves. We have to arm ourselves. And in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, it talks about the spiritual battle. We have to put on the full armor of Christ. So we have to arm ourselves, just like Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul's talking about putting on our armor. Arm yourselves. 
in the same way of thinking. And Peter breaks it down a little bit more basic. Your armor, your protection is your mind, is your thinking, your perspective. Okay? You have to appreciate Christ. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Okay? So you have to arm yourselves with thinking and your attitude and your heart and your mind. Okay? So if you're suffering in the same way that Christ suffered, you died with Christ on the cross, and you're raised with Christ. And when you, when you do that, you are living now, not for the world, but for God. And you're living to do good. Suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking, parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery. And they malign you. So basically, what this is saying is, is when you suffer as Christ suffered, when you put your old self to death as Christ did, you now have a new way of thinking. And your new way of thinking, this new way of thinking is all about Christ, is all about being good and doing good. And he gives this example here that Christ suffered he suffered ultimately on the cross. And when we suffer, it's not about uh, being defeated or suffering in the flesh. There's, if, if, we, if we suffer in the flesh, then we're living in the flesh. And God's not calling us to, to live in the flesh. He's calling us to live in the Spirit. So when we suffer, and we have the mind like Christ has, we're no longer suffering in the flesh. We're suffering in the Spirit. We're suffering whatever this world's throwing us with the mind of Christ. Because we are called to be good, to be holy, to be a royal priesthood. So when we suffer and we have various trials... Don't suffer in the flesh. Suffer in Christ. So, whether we're suffering, we're there to, to do good, just as Christ suffered, and He did good. But whether we're suffering or, or just living... You know, he's talking about all these choices that people can make, these sinful choices. You're called to be good, whether it's in your suffering or whether it's in your personal decisions. 
You're not supposed to live in the flesh and you're not supposed to suffer in the flesh. You're supposed to be good in the Spirit of Christ and you're supposed to be good in the Spirit of Christ whether you're suffering or whether you're making your choices. We are called through Christ, through our faith in Him, to be good. We have died with Him. Now we're in the Spirit. And we are also called to grow up in our faith, to do good. And He gives us so many examples of what that looks like. And His ultimate example is Christ. And His ultimate, ultimate example is Christ doing good as He suffered and choices He made. Yes, we are called to, to be good. Yes, we are called to do good. We are called to do good whether we suffer or not. And when we suffer, we are called to be good in the Spirit, not in the flesh. I hope this was helpful and insightful. It sure was for me. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ, and we'll see you tomorrow. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. Take it away. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 4. So, um... This section is looking at suffering, which produces obedience to the will of God. So um, it talks about when Christ was here on earth in the flesh as a man, he suffered for us. As this scripture um, states here um, at the beginning of um, chapter 4, verse 1, and it reads, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us, in the flesh so here christ suffered for us in the flesh so when he was here on earth he suffered for us so um here it says um you know for us much then as christ had suffered that's in a different translation so for us in the flesh that's what um, a different translation reads it says for us much then as christ had suffered for us in the flesh so here we have for as much you know, um, in, in a different translation. And, and here I'm getting um, Christ suffered for us uh, in the flesh. So um, this refers back to um, chapter 3, verse 18 of First Peter, which reads, um, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death, in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, and um, in um, it, it's um, it's actually a good reference to um, chapter four, verse one, and um, and um, it's a, it, and, and it's a good reference. Chapter four, verse one. It's a good reference to chapter three of First Peter, verse eighteen. So um, these two chapters they actually go together. So. This is a reminder that in his human body, Christ endured pain and was put to death in the flesh. So God didn't die, um, you know, when he was crucified on the cross. 
you know, as, as, as people tend to put it, you know, I watched the movies which stated God's not dead. You know, um, there's scholars who've written like, you know, God actually died. No, he did not die. God didn't die. Um, he's not dead. He's never died. He's never fallen sick. Christ died in his human body. So he died in his human body. And, um, here in verse 18, um, it says, um, you know, he like, sorry, let me just read the whole verse. Um, for Christ also suffered once for sins for the just, oh, the just for the unjust that he might bring, um, us to God being put to death in the flesh. So he was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So he did not die. He died in the human body, but he was made alive in the spirit. So, um, you know, when Christ was ma was a man here on earth, <clears throat> he passed through temptations and he passed through suffering. So he was tempted at all points, you know, as we are. He passed through the same things that we actually all pass through. So he knew what it was like to actually suffer, to weep, to bleed, to be brokenhearted, to actually rejoice. And, you know, he was perfectly human and he died in that human body. So he brought an end to his relation to the sins of man when he actually died on the cross because um, he bore the penalty of, you know, in his own body. And we have this in chapter 2 of First Peter, verse 24, which actually reads, um, <clears throat> who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died in sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So, you know, we are told now three times on three different occasions that um, in this book, um, that in his flesh, in his um, body, we paid, or he paid for the, he paid for the penalty for man's sin. So he did not die in sin or under sin, but he died to sin. So he took our place um, and paid the penalty. From here on now, um, he will not be back to die for our sins again because he already died for our sins when he resurrected. So he will no longer have any relationship to sin himself because he came back from the dead. He resurrected and came back in a glorified body. He came back in the spirit and he was um, uh, weakened in spirit that's like um in in verse 18 sorry verse 18 um of chapter 3 which says um you know being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit so um you know he was made alive by the spirit so then when he was raised from the dead he has a life that um you know he lives in um you know, he lives, um, he has a life that he lives um, in complete devotion to the service of God, for he is God. So he has, um, you know, full and free access to God and all creation in his, um, in, in his body. And he's able to make this benefit over to us where we have free access to God. So, um, Verse one goes on to read here, arm yourselves with, also with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh, 
has ceased from sin. So here it says, arm yourselves with the same mind. So here it can also, the word mind can also be replaced with the same thought. So arm yourselves with the same thought, with the same mind. And Paul had said, you know, let the same mind be in you, which is also in Jesus Christ. So here it says, arm yourselves with the same mind. So here, um, <clears throat> in uh, yesterday's study, we had talked about, um, you know, being like-minded, being of the same mind, um, you know, that's um, being courteous, being humble-minded. So, you know, for, you know, Christ had suffered in the flesh and has ceased from sin. So this, uh, <clears throat> we can find more explanation in First Corinthians um, chapter 13, verse 8, which reads, um, um, it reads, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether they are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Um, <clears throat> so that's um, from First Corinthians eight three sorry thirteen verse eight, yeah. And um, so here, this statement um, that goes um, for he has suffered in the flesh, and has ceased from. For he has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin. So here, if you have suffered in the flesh, so you got release from sin. You know, in a, um, another translation, Dr. J.B. McGee gave, it says, for he has suffered in the flesh, got released from sin. So God today will use suffering to keep you from sin. So he'll use, you know, the suffering that we go through today to so that we focus on God. So, um... You know, has God, um, you know, um, released from, you know, you, you, where you get, sorry, where you get, um, has, have you gotten released, sorry, from sin? Um, you know, the statement has ceased from sin. It means that God has, you know, an adequate provision for us to live the Christian life. So God has given us, um, enough provision to actually live the Christian life. So Peter has made it clear that we have been born again by the word of God and the spirit of God using the word of God. It will produce a son of God. So, um, you know, we are born again by the word of God. So when we study the word of God, we're born again. Um, and the spirit of God is using the word of God um, to indwell in us. And it will produce, you know, a child of God. And that son of God has a new nature that won't live in sin. Right? So say, for example, you know, when we get the the, 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 the parable of the prodigal son, um, you know, he, it wasn't his nature to live among the pigs. Uh, I mean, like he wanted to live, you know, to, to eat on a table, to eat at a table, you know, stay in a house and not live in a pigsty. It wasn't his nature. So, um, you know, he wanted to go back to his original nature. So, you know, when you're born again as a Christian, um, you will not wallow in sin because you are not just going to be comfortable in that. Yes, you may stumble and fall a few times, but if you're comfortable in that position, then you're not a child of God. Like, then you have to question your faith. Um, you know, look at the prodigal son. He wasn't a pig and he thought, I can't keep living like a pig because I'm not a pig. And, um, you know, he wanted to go back and live in the nature, in, like in his father's house, in the nature of a human being. 
So it's like, um, you know, you and me today, you know, today we, we, we profess that, you know, we're Christians and we follow the word and scripture and all, but we're still living in sin. Uh, yeah, we ought to question our, our, our faith. So Peter is saying the same thing that Paul said. We are now identified with Christ when we come to Jesus Christ. And we, you know, we were all born again. So the spirit of God uh, baptized us and um, he identified us with Christ. So, you know, when you're baptized by the spirit, you're identified with Christ. Uh, so you're a child of God. And uh, you, you know, and if you're a child of God, you, you know, a new nature is actually produced. So if you are a child of God who is born again, you will and you cannot continue to live in sin. You know, born again, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, baptized by the Spirit, identified now with Christ, because now you identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, we, you ought to, you know, like seize here in this case is not the active voice here um, as scripture says um, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so um, has got released um, as, as, as Dr. Jamie McGee explained it you know has got released to cease is not you know an active voice to um, well, it, it reads again sorry let me read it for he who has suffered in the flesh has got released from sin so you've gotten released from sin. Um, that's what it basically, like that's the interpretation. So um, you got released from sin. So God has made, sorry, God has made every arrangement for you uh, and me to live, um, you know, to, 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 to not to live in sin. So if you are living in um sin and are comfortable in it you better actually question your salvation so if you are not a child of god you can't um you know um if sorry if you are a child of god you can't keep living in sin a child of god with a new nature um you know longs to please christ in all things and it takes you know the total it actually takes the total word of God and not just like, you know, picking out scripture here and there that suits you. It actually takes the total word of God to live the Christian life and not just pulling off, you know, a few scriptures. So you can only live the Christian life by having the mind of Christ and by living, um, you know, by having the spirit of God moving in us to please God and refrain from sin and not following, you know, just a few rules and a few rituals and all. You know, it takes the total word of God to actually live a Christian life. And to please God. So if just by following rules, the rules of the church, or oh, you have to do this, bow here, do that, eat this, don't eat that, um, that doesn't um, make you a child of God. Okay. Um, verse 2 of First um, Peter chapter 4 goes on to read that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of man, of men, sorry, but for the will of God. So Paul, you know, um, is very strong, like on this. And we have this in Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, which reads, um, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and 
peace. So here, um, Paul stated, um, to be carnally minded is death. What does this mean? Um, uh, this doesn't mean, uh, you know, this actually just means uh, you are dead in any fellowship with God. So you can't have, you know, um, you can't actually live in sin and have fellowship with God. So God says he will use suffering in our lives in order to keep us from sin. So you're either going to live to please men or you're going to live to please God. You can't do both. And um, scripture goes on to read in verse 3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, uh, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. So here now, um, Simon Peter actually lists and points out the sins. So there's lewdness that's, you know, living, um, living in sex. And lust, that's lusting, it, it, it's broad, that's lusting um, after things of the world, of the flesh. Um, and then there's the love of money, that's covetousness, that is um, idolatry today. And these are the things that will take us away from God today. Verse 4 goes on to read, In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you so here you know you will either please god or please men and if you are pleasing men you will not please god so who are you trying to please or impress today and you know in our modern society today everyone is trying you know the modern reality they're trying to please man um but you know if you go back to the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, um, here is a man who tried out everything under the sun. And at the end of the day, you know, he got to realize, you know, everything is vanity and vexation of the spirit. It's vanity after vanity. You know, things of the flesh of the world don't last. Um, you know, there's only one thing that is actually lasting and can bring you peace and everlasting joy. And that is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if, you know, you have to pick, you know, um, you know, like if you pick to please man, um, that's, that's, that's just going to poof, go away. Um, but if you pick to choose, if you pick to actually, um, please God, um, you know, you're picking eternal life, you're picking love, joy, peace, you know, all the fruits of the spirit. So, um, you know, my main point is, you know, um, to live a Christian life, you know, study the whole word. Don't pick out, you know, like, pretty scriptures, pretty verses uh, that actually appeal to you. Like, oh, this sounds good for the day. This is my scripture for the day. You know, you're better off reading the total word of God, the entire Bible for you to actually understand. Today's study was quite hard. Um, it was a bit tough and tricky, um, but I didn't understand it in my own way. That was in um, um, chapter 4, verse 1 of First uh, Peter. Mm, the explanation was kind of complicated, um, I'll reread it through again and I would advise, you know, anyone who's listening to this, you know, read through it, you know, meditate upon it for you to actually understand it, uh, better. Um, but for me, I did get, um, you know, um, I did get an understanding of, um, what exactly that Dr. J.V. McGee was trying to actually, uh, come across. So, um, here, you know, Christ will let you suffer in order to, to keep you away from sin. 
So, you know, if as a Christian, you know, life is smooth sailing, you know, you ought to question your faith and, you know, your salvation and, um, you know, and, and, you know, focus on the total word of God, you know, for, 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 for you to grow. And, you know, thank God for, 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 this, for these teachings. And, um, yeah, so this was today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant uh, day. Bye-bye.